This is Financially Tuned with Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard of Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Financially Tuned with myself, Simon Hilliard from Wellington Adams, and my co-host, the famous Tony Shore. How are you doing today, Tony? <laughs> well, I don't know about famous, maybe infamous, but uh, I'm doing great today. It's a great day. And thanks for having me on the show once again, Simon. Glad to be here. Uh, once again, we miss Baron this week, uh, but he's still out. And uh, great to be talking to you, though. I know you have a lot you want to talk about today, uh, but I'm really excited about today's show. This is going to be a special one because... We have a special guest. Why don't you tell our listeners about our special guest today? That's right, Tony. Today we have with us Jeff Belomo. He's been on our show before. He's an estate planning attorney here in central Pennsylvania. Jeff is just one of a few here with a specialty in elder law planning, certification in elder law, which is important to know because a lot of attorneys out there want to advertise those types of topics, want to talk about estate planning. Um, and as we all know, there are different levels of education and expertise, and Jeff is one that has that level of expertise. He's trained attorneys nationwide on it, so it's excellent to have him here with us today to talk about our show, which is going to be Do You Trust Your Estate Planning, with a little bit of talk about estate planning and trusts. So welcome, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me, Simon. You want to just tell us briefly uh, about your company, your background? Yeah, sure. So uh, we uh, are Belomo and Associates. We're an estate planning and elder law firm here in York, Pennsylvania. Uh, we do everything from just basic wills and powers of attorney to trust planning, uh, guardianships, pretty much anything in the estate uh, planning and elder law area. Excellent. So when we're working with our uh, clientele, obviously we go over some total estate planning. You know, we're looking at their investments. We're looking about their taxable situation at what it looks like today and in the future. And one of the big components is estate planning. So for the listeners today, you want to tell us a little bit about what estate planning is? Yeah, I'll tell you what, that, uh, I call that the million dollar question. Uh, for years when I was uh, fortunate enough to be traveling uh, the country teaching lawyers, uh, I realized it was a little more difficult than just a simple answer. And uh, in one of my workshops, I asked the room what was their definition of estate planning. And I literally had to break up two sisters in the room who ended up uh, having a disagreement about whether estate planning. Oh, no. Yeah, it, it was it was whether or not estate planning was protecting three hundred and fifty seven thousand dollars and forty seven cents if a mother enters the nursing home or fighting with your sister, whether to give your mother heroic and life saving measures if she's end of life. You talk about two sisters who had a lot of energy around estate planning. <laughs> and and what was crazy is it was the same fact pattern. I mean, they sure. were two sisters who dealt with the mom who obviously was ill in a nursing home and ended up having end of life issues. So I don't do that anymore. 
Uh, I try to keep the peace in the family, but you you don't referee fights. No, I, I try not to. Um, but but what I learned from it was I came up with a definition so that I can avoid that uh, potential. And just listening to clients over the past fifteen years, what I've learned is what most people will say to me is, Jeff, in estate planning, I want to control my property while I'm alive and well, and. Control there is obviously the key word. Nobody wants to give up control, no, sh- nor should they. And then the last piece is I want to plan for me and my loved one if I become disabled. Unfortunately, health failing is something that we all have to deal with uh, potentially in life. And we want to make sure that we're able to plan while we can before it's too late. That's excellent. I've actually heard your definition before. And I uh, heard a little bit about some of the things you talked about. So one of the things that comes <clears> up quite a bit when we're talking to our clients about estate planning um, is the notion of a trust. You know, that's one of the kind of key words, especially in our area. It seems like there's a lot of trust mills around running around selling them for probate protection, as they put it. And a lot of people bought a trust for that particular reason, not even knowing necessarily how that was incorporated into their estate or whether they needed it or not. So today, I think we'll talk a little bit about trusts and kind of the different aspects of them, different components, and get your expertise and insight into what they are, what the right type of reason to consider them is, um, who should use them, those types of things. So for the listeners, why don't you tell us kind of what the actual definition of a trust is and what a trust uh, kind of is made up of? Sure. You know, the, the, the best way to describe a trust is as your rule book. Um, when you have assets that are in your name alone, you are subject to the government's rule book through a process that is called probate, whereas a trust is your own rule book, which avoids probate and avoids the probate process. Um, unfortunately, uh, over the years, trusts have gotten a bad name um, from or for or because of the people that you just referenced, the, the attorneys who were out trying to sell everybody uh, on living trusts that are revocable, um, touting them as a bunch of things that... Turns out, you know, whether that was true or not, they were basically just trying to sell the trust to make the fee and then they weren't funding them properly. Uh, so it's unfortunate. But the way that I describe um, trusts is basically a, a vehicle to manage your assets easily. And the way that I describe it in my workshops is a wagon. Uh, I literally pull out, as you've seen, Simon, a, a radio flyer red wagon. You know, we all had one as a kid. And yeah. uh, I put it on the table and I say, all right, who had one? Who had it? Who had a radio flyer red wagon? And everybody in the room raises their hand and I say, all right, well, who got to control it? And they say, well, I did. All right, great. What went in it? Whatever I wanted and what came out <laughs> of it, whatever I wanted. I said, well, there you go. There's your trust. It's your rule book to decide what goes in your wagon, what comes out of your wagon and simply, uh, simply stated who gets it, when they get it and how they get it. Uh, so essentially that's the, the, the generic definition of a trust uh, and obviously, we'll talk today about the more of the details. Um, one of the things that I wanted to just mention is a lot of the information that we as a public know about trusts uh, were from when trusts were primarily used for estate planning purposes. So years ago, the federal estate tax limit was at $600,000. Nowadays, we are at $11.2 million plus 11.2 million. So a husband and wife could have 22.4 million and not worry about federal estate tax. Uh, I don't have that problem, Simon. I'm not even close. So anywho, um, the strict rules in regards to trusts and what people know about them, you know, 
they always tell me, you know, Jeff in a trust, I can't be the trustee and I can't be in control and I can have no say over what happens and I pay higher trust tax rates. And, you know, all of that is only true if you have more than 22.4 million. So if it's okay with you, I would like to just start off today with a, a rule. As we're discussing trust today, we are not talking about people with more than 22.4 million. If there's any listeners who have more than 22.4 million, Simon and I would be more than happy to meet with you privately for a free consultation to discuss your situation. <laughs> but we're, we're going to focus more on the uh, average clients that have less than 22.4 million. So I thought I would set that stage early on so that we kind of set the stage <laughs> for the rest of the day. Fair enough. Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about that. You're kind of talking about those aspects that a lot of people say are irrevocable. They lose all the kind of control over that. And a large part of that is in relation to the federal taxes. And you're right. When it applied to a lot more people years ago, and I think especially even the more recent changes, you're right. We don't have a lot of people that come in every day worried about the trust and kind of finding out the basics and have that level of assets. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're not concerned about a state tax, it really eliminates a lot of the strict rules and regulations that govern uh, trusts because the reason all those rules applied was simply from a tax perspective. And once we take those away, we can have a lot of fun and they can do a lot of good. So that's what we're going to focus on. Uh, We do have to take a quick break right now. Simon, is there anything you want to add before we take the break? Well, Tony, we just want to hope that our listeners today are going to benefit from our conversations. We have Jeff here today, and he's going to do an, uh, an interesting topic as we discuss trust a little bit further. I think that's something that both Jeff and Beloman Associates have in common with ourselves here at Wellington Adams is that we're always looking to help the client kind of control their assets, the future of their estate and their planning, and get that off on the best foot possible. Uh, if you want to find out more about Wellington Adams, you can visit us at wellingtonadams.com or give us a call at 855-793-2409. If you want to find out more about Jeff and Belomo and Associates, you can check them out online at belomoassociates.com and the phone number is 717-845-5390. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Simon Hilliard here on Financially Tuned. When you lose a spouse, you are faced with a whirlwind of emotions and decisions. Finances are the last thing on your mind. At Wellington Adams Investment Advisory, we focus on making life transitions easier. That is why we've put together a helpful guide that focuses on what women should do before they lose their spouse. Give us a call at 855-793-2409 or wellingtonadams.com to get your copy. Life transitions are never easy, but we can help. Welcome back, listeners, to Financially Tuned with myself, Simon Hilliard from Wellington Adams, my co-host, Tony Shore, and today's special guest, Jeff Belomo from Belomo Associates. Today, we're talking a little bit about estate planning and specifically how trusts are incorporated in that. Jeff Belomo is an expert in that area, so we have him here today to kind of go over some of those topics with us. So thanks again, Jeff, for being here. As we kind of move along and talk a little bit more about today's topics, why don't you tell us, you know, in the beginning, we talked a little bit about what estate planning was, kind of the definition of a trust, kind of the old adage of kind of what people understood it to be versus in today's environment, we don't necessarily need that so much anymore for the federal tax concerns. And as you put it with a little red wagon kind of analogy that I've seen with you before, it's a vehicle for controlling your assets, kind of what goes in and what comes out. And there's a lot of flexibility in that. 
So just briefly, why don't you give us a couple examples or a couple ideas of so people understand what the main types of the uh, trusts are and the main purposes for them uh, before we get too much into the details. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think uh, trust in general, there's a couple different ways you can have trusts. One is a testamentary trust. So a testamentary trust, Simon, would be a trust that is in a will and the will will take effect when the individual dies and the estate is probated. Um, You know, that's very common if you have uh, young individuals who maybe have children and they just, you know, 30, 40 year olds and they just want to make sure that their young kids don't get a lump sum at age 18. So they'll throw a trust and a will, which is a great way to do it. And it's a great tool. Um, The one thing I always highlight to my clients, you know, dealing primarily in elder law is that in order for a will to take effect, you have to die. So if you've set up this wonderful trust in a will, you know, whether it's a special needs trust to to protect individuals with disabilities so they don't lose all their benefits or whether you're just taking care of a minor child, just understand that it won't take effect until you pass away. The other uh, common trusts are living trusts. So they are created while you are living. Now, I I know that's surprising. (laughs) I I hid that one on you. But uh, there's two types. There are revocable and irrevocable. So revocable trusts are essentially ones that you can decide everything, um, take everything out at any time, terminate it, add to it, take away, you know, everything. Um, Revocable trusts are not used for asset protection. They are only used for probate avoidance um, in case you had property in several states and didn't want to have to go through the probate process or, you know, you fell under one of the other reasons to avoid um, but they're, they're used mainly to avoid the probate process, get the assets outright to the uh, individuals or the beneficiaries who are going to inherit, um, but not done for asset protection purposes. But often we find they're also very valuable um, for disability planning, because rather than have to worry about, um, you know, powers of attorney and the banks understanding them and and what's going to happen with the assets and do we have to go to a guardianship hearing everything is managed within the wagon so everything takes care of right in the wagon and the trust document governs it so that's revocable and then irrevocable um, primarily there are tax trusts that are irrevocable and there are asset protection trusts that are irrevocable Um, when dealing with trust typically the two ways you look at it are non-grantor trusts which are typically used for the high-end estate tax planning, which we agreed that we wouldn't talk about anymore, but yet here I go, or <laughs> grantor trusts, which are still in the person's social security number, and that is not done for tax purposes, which is a very much more common use of trusts. These days are the grantor trusts that remain in the person's individual social security number, and they continue to file their federal taxes on the same tax return that they always did. Okay. Yeah, so two key components there, the revocable and the irrevocable. I think a lot of people fall under the misconception that everything's irrevocable when it comes to a trust. Often that's kind of one of the misconceptions we hear as well. If we got have a trust, we lose complete control over what's going on. And really the kind of exact opposite is true in a lot of the examples you're giving. When you're setting it up, you create the rules. You can kind of control what goes in, what comes out, and kind of the rules around that. Um, So to understand the two differences there and the two different purposes. Um, you know, maybe it's a little bit too open-ended, but maybe to kind of give the listeners some basic guidelines as to who needs a trust. I don't know if that's too open of a question. We can say everybody needs one for different scenarios, but you know, maybe you have some insight into kind of the common uses or kind of who in general or what specific situations, some examples there as to who should consider trust or for what purposes. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, I think the the revocable trusts, we are typically finding people who want revocable trusts are people who may have property in a couple different states and they don't want to have to go through probate in a bunch of different states and hire lawyers. Um, we also find that um, people are starting now to do them a lot more for disability planning. They don't want to have to rely on um, the institutions and guardianships and those kind of things. So they really want their rule book to set it forth. Uh, and, and, you know, generally, like we find it's it's people who've experienced it, uh, the bad that can happen. They say, well, you know, I don't want that to happen with me. Uh, so that's another big reason. People who want their information to be private. Um, probate is a public process. So some individuals that we represent don't want their information to be uh, public and out there for, you know, common consumption. So they will go ahead and do a revocable trust. Um, also, there are some uh, you know, talk show hosts and things that that absolutely talk about living trust being a necessity. So on some level, people come into the office thinking that they want them, but maybe for the wrong reasons. And then we're able to educate them on what are the real reasons to want them. And then they can still decide at that point if if it makes sense. Um, the irrevocable one uh, for the purpose that we're discussing is people who want asset protection. Um, we often find that those are people who uh, have had loved ones who may have been in a nursing home for a long period of time uh, and lost a significant amount of the wealth that their parents worked for. And, you know, around here, you're looking at about ten dollars to $12,000 a month towards care. So generally, those are the people coming in saying, hey, you know, can you help me protect assets? And that's why we're using the irrevocable grantor trust a lot. Okay, that's helpful to give us some guidelines there and kind of outline the different main purposes you know, what types of people and what types of considerations go into weighing the pros and cons of the different types of trusts available to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is a good discussion for us to have. Unfortunately, we have to take another quick break here. Simon, is there anything you want to add before the break? Well, as we said earlier, hopefully the uh, listeners today are getting something out of today's show. You know, it's our goals here at both Wellington Adams and uh, Belomo and Associates to help the clients that we work with take control of their assets, their future, their retirement planning, incorporate the right tools and provide them with those resources to best accomplish those goals. If you want to find out more about us at Wellington Adams, you can reach us at wellingtonadams.com online or call us at 855-793-2409. If you'd like to find out a little bit more about Jeff Belomo and Belomo Associates, you can check them out online at BelomoAssociates.com, and the number is 717-845-5390. All right. Well, thanks, guys. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Simon and Jeff here on Financially Tuned. Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory by visiting wellingtonadams.com or by calling us at 855-793-2409. Welcome back, listeners, to Financially Tuned Radio with myself, Simon Hilliard from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. I also have my co-host today with me, Mr. Tony Shore, as well as our special guest, Jeff Belomo from Belomo & Associates. Today, we've been talking a little bit about estate planning and specifically how trusts work into that part of the estate planning process. You know, we talked a little bit about what trusts are, what trusts aren't, kind of the common misconceptions and understandings, especially based on the old rules of trust planning and how they uh, 
how rigid they were and their specific use to just uh, protect against federal estate taxes versus today's kind of use of them in a much broader estate planning uh, sense as we talked about protecting against uh, privacy and the probate process, uh, special needs trusts, and then primarily a big concern for a lot of folks is asset protection and one that we come across quite a bit. So as we move into the next segment, we'll focus a little bit on that asset protection aspect. You know, a lot of concerns of the retirees is what happens to me if I end up in a nursing home care, in-home care, have those significant expenses and start to spend through my assets. One of the common trusts that we talked about earlier that Jeff uses is the grantor trust, which is one that you can kind of create and control. So I'll bring that back to you a little bit, Jeff, as far as the control that you have over those. And then, you know, as one of the points uh, Tony brought up earlier, you know, how much money do we need to have? Is there a certain amount that, or is there too little in assets that we, you know, don't qualify for and kind of what those guidelines are when you're working with somebody? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the thing with the amount of money, uh, you know, it, it always is the question that we get all the time. And um, a few years ago, I, I had in my head that, you know, any amount of money for a revocable trust, because those are used for the reasons that we dis- discussed. And any amount of money um, could certainly use a revocable trust if, if those are important to you. In regards to the asset protection trust, when you're trying to protect assets from creditors and predators, um, I used to have a number in my head that was like, you know, 200,000 that, you know, they had to have at least $200,000. And I met with a nice lady who, who happens to be my number one referral source. And she uh, went through the process and decided she wanted to do an asset protection trust. So we started designing it and I, I found out, I'm like, wow, she, she has like a hundred thousand dollars of assets. So I told her, I said, ma'am, here's your money. I, you know, there's absolutely no way I think this is a good idea. And she put her glasses on the edge of her nose and she said, Sonny, don't you tell me what's important to me. My scumbag of a husband left me when my youngest was three months old. And if you're telling me that this money will protect that $100,000 and I'll never lose it to a nursing home like my mother did, that's the best money I ever spent. And don't you tell me otherwise. Okay. So, so I stopped basically telling any client, you know, what my opinion is in my mind, what's important to a person, what their goals are, what they've experienced that's going to drive um, what they think is important to them sure. and whether or not they think it's worth it. So I really think it has less to do with a dollar amount and a lot more to do with what are their goals, what are their experiences and what are they trying to avoid? So I, I hesitate anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I think we find that, you know, same thing on our side when we're talking to people about their investment planning and uh, the financial aspects. Sometimes we have a preconception of these things kind of make sense in certain scenarios. But you're right. There's often cases, the whole emotional aspect that comes into play, people's life experiences. And you might say, well, they have enough assets. They don't need to worry about it. But they've seen other scenarios where their family, friends, parents, somebody's had a significant amount of assets and had a really prolonged stay and really spent down the assets. And that's something that bother the two of them. Or like you said, somebody has a smaller amount of assets that you think, well, you know, is it really worth going through all the effort, spending the money that you need to set up the trust? And the reality is maybe it is that person. Just like she said, I'll spend X amount of dollars to protect my hundred thousand dollars, even though it doesn't seem like it's a lot relative to everybody else. It certainly is to her. And that's kind of the, uh, reminds me of something that Baron and I started telling uh, prospective clients years ago was it doesn't matter how much money they have, you know, if it's $10,000, it's $100,000. If it's $10 million, you know, if it matters to them and they took the time to save it, then it's a lot of money, yeah, regardless right. of what the dollar is or how many decimal points or commas there is in there. So yeah, good Absolutely. insight there. You know, what are a couple of good reasons to consider a grantor trust? 
Yeah, I mean, you you did a great job there. Uh, I'm not even sure you need me on this part. No, uh, it was a great great summary, though. Um, I, I think one of the things that I would say to people is um, a lot of people will have a lot of money in retirement accounts. And the one thing about grantor trusts is that you cannot fund a retirement account in a grantor trust without triggering the tax consequences. So uh, it is definitely something that if you're working with a, a, a professional, make sure that they understand the tax side of it as well. Um, so that's often a reason why people won't do them is because they have a lot of their assets in retirement accounts. Um, but outside of that, it really is just more about what are their goals? Are they trying to protect um, their assets from nursing homes, from car accidents uh, and from creditors? And from there, once as a professional, we know their goals, we can set up the trust. There are, there are so many different ways um, to set up trust that can either avoid taxes or can get asset protection can give the grantor more control, less control. I mean, literally, it's probably thousands of different variables on how to create them. And really, once the client tells me their goals uh, and we know what we can't put in, which obviously we discussed, the main main asset we can't put in is the retirement accounts. Outside of that, pretty much uh, it's, it's fair game. Okay. All right. Well, you know what, guys? We're out of time for today's show had to jump in there. Uh, Simon, is there anything you want to add before we go? Well, we just want to thank Jeff for coming in today. Uh, this is a topic that comes up quite a bit with our retirees. Lots of people have questions on you know, what a trust means, if it is the right thing or the wrong thing, has some preconceived ideas about what they do and what they don't do, or if they have enough assets or too much assets. So I think one of the key points and takeaways is that, as Jeff pointed out, there are a lot of different factors to consider, just like there is on the investment side that we often talk about on our end of things. And there are a lot of options and a lot of control that you have. Really, if you have those general concerns about creditors, predators, nursing homes, things like that, the key is to sit down, take some time to talk through these topics with somebody like Jeff, get their insight, let him take some time to get to know you, understand your plans, your goals, uh, just like we do on the financial planning side. And then we can tailor a plan to their specific goals. Jeff can tailor a trust to kind of meet those needs and to help you determine whether or not it's the right kind of tool for your situation. So if you want to find out a little bit more about us today, listeners, you can visit Wellington Adams at wellingtonadams.com or call us at 855-793-2409. You can find out more about Jeff Belomo at belomoandassociates.com. And the phone number is 717-845-5390. And if the listeners reach out uh, to us in reference to today's show, we both will be happy to sit down and do a complimentary complimentary consultation. Sorry, I'll say that again. And if any of the listeners reach out to us in reference to today's show, Either Jeff or I will sit down and do a complimentary consultation with them. No charge, no obligation, just to discuss some of those topics regarding their retirement planning and their trust planning. And that's it for today's show. Thanks, Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. All right. That sounds great. And that does it for today's episode of Financially Tuned. Join us next week, same time, same place, for another episode. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Baron Fitzgerald or Simon Hilliard at Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. Call 855-793-2409 or visit them online at wellingtonadams.com. 
All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Baron Fitzgerald, Simon Hilliard, and Wellington Adams Investment Advisory are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.